124. 17. Dan Simo is in Japan now. Dan, how are you? Good. I'm good, Mike. Good to talk to you. Now, do you know much about sumo? I went to one sumo match last year. Yeah. How was it? Uh, Did, that, talk I me mean, through the experience because I've, I've seen photos. And it looks like a, uh, a full-on thing. It is. It is. I mean, just the um, – I remember the, the whole, like, getting to the – there's uh, one main ring in um, in Tokyo, and just getting there and like the walk from the station to the building and to seeing people guide you there and um, the building is just a really beautiful piece of architecture and and then every uh, the thing that was interesting was ev- almost everyone who was outside kind of guiding people and helping people and selling tickets were ex sumo wrestlers. And I think that's part of the, the the whole community aspect of it, that almost everything is done by someone who used to be a wrestler or still a wrestler. Wow, um, that's, that's fascinating. You wouldn't see a warning out the front, helping people guide them into the MCG. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> he might guide some high rollers, yeah, but other than that, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, great. I think that's, uh, that's a nice nuance of the sport. Yeah, yeah. And we went uh, sort of a, I guess it's like a little tour that they normally have for tourists where you meet up with a bunch of people and um, you have a guide that gives you a bit of information, gives you a little tour of the, um, of the like the grounds and inside the, the ring. And it's funny because it's also a museum. So you walk around it and you get to see some of the history of the sport. And like one of the big displays is they have a big display of a lot of the um, the trophies. And one of the trophies that they have, and probably the biggest one, is one that was given to Donald Trump like two years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Trump came to Japan and they staged like a fake sumo match just for him. And they named the trophy like the Donald Trump official trophy. No way. And it wasn't a real match. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just like an exhibition thing. And they like normally, uh, like if you're really up close, uh, you're supposed to basically kneel or just sit on the floor. But he was sitting up close. And I think for the first time in history, they let someone sit. So they had like a chair just for him. But everyone else was just sitting on the floor. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) But then, I mean, the the actual, like there are just a lot of, I don't know how many matches they have, but it's something like, I'm going to say maybe 30, 40 different matches. And, you know, each one might last, I don't know, five to 10 seconds. Uh, but it's just the ritual of, of uh, the, the fighters getting ready and you get to see how they each tackle their preparation and what they do and how they move and the, like the mental side of them getting psyched up. And then because you don't understand that much about it, uh, you're still just coming in from the outside. You start creating your own narratives that may or may not be true, but they they become fun for you. That's um that sort of ties into what I was just just hearing uh, the previous guest talk about Amy when she said that there's not a lot of information always, so you've got to try and join the dots uh, and figure some things out for yourself. I, m- I imagine that takes the sport to uh, a sort of a special level because it's special to you in sort of coming up with those narratives. Well, it's also, you know how when 
uh, like every time the Olympics rocks up and you start watching sports that you would never watch. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah, within, yeah. you know, w- within eight minutes, you start becoming an expert in the sport. Yeah, and you start like, yeah. Yeah. you start judging gymnastics yeah. and you're like, no, there's no way that was a nine. That, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that's funny. Yeah, so you in, it doesn't take very long until you become a connoisseur and, and you really, like, start uh, questioning things about it. That's funny. Yeah, you know, I know some people who are like that with COVID, actually. Just became instant, oh, experts, really? so, instant experts overnight. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, suddenly everyone's, you know, up on respiratory. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, look, um, Dan, let's talk about Let's talk about you in Japan. Tell me, why are you there? Mm. Um, I came here about oh, it's, it's basically two years ago now. Um, I I kind of wanted to get out of Australia for a bit because I was I had a breakup, and you know you know how things go. You just want to get out of where you are, and uh, and I came for work and just to experience the place, and uh, and then you know the whole world turned upside down. So I'm still here, just trying to enjoy it as much as I can. You you were planning to come back? Uh, I mean, I still am, but, you know, Australia is kind of closed, sort of, now. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, quite, it's quite tough. Have you looked but, into it, though? Know, I have, and, you know, there are so many other people who really are in a much more vulnerable position who really need to get back. and. You know, for me, I, I don't need to, and you know, I'm, I have, uh, I'm safe here. I have a good life, and it would, it would feel almost uh, irresponsible for me to, you know, there's only a certain number of quarantine spots available, and just hearing some of the stories from people who have been trying to get back, yeah, it, I, I would feel bad about just trying to take up one of those spots. Okay, um, so, so I'm, you know, I'm okay, and and Japan's. It's a great country. Like you're not you're not gonna uh, run out of things to see or, or experience here. So not a bad good. not a bad place to stick around. Just generally, no, no, no. And and like now it's you know it's, it's almost spring, so the cherry blossoms come out. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Man. What's your take on the Olympics? Are they going to happen? They're really, really pushing for them. Uh, they really want them to happen. Uh, so I think, like, I, I, you know, I've been, I've kept saying that no, probably not, to just because I wouldn't expect it to happen. But I think they're just going to plow on and uh, stage them in some way. My guess is probably without spectators, which would be bizarre. But I think that they're really going to try to to make it work somehow. Although I, I did hear that they uh, they sent out some like early instructions of if they have fans like what the fans would need to do. And they said that they, they were asking the fans to not cheer, to not clap. Wow. Uh, and just, just say, yeah. <laughs> Good luck so, with that. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, um, I don't know. Like they, they, the government's really, really pushing for it. Uh, so I think that, that there'll be something happening. It might not be what you'd expect from a typical Olympic. Yeah, okay. All right, it'll be different, yeah. but, but hopefully it will go ahead um, because, you know, yeah. the Olympics on, it actually lifts people's moves, uh, mood. I have heard that calls to mm-hmm. mental health hotlines, 
go down during the Olympics because people Is that have, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not just years ago I heard about that. But, uh, yeah, I think it just takes people's minds off the current situation because they've got something to keep track of, especially certain sports where you've got heats and build-ups and, you know, something else to think about. Well, yeah, and you become an expert in sports that you've never heard about. So <laughs> that's, that's right. Fun. You've got some research to do about, you know, uh, hockey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like equestrian and then the, yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah. the one where the horses just dance around. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Are you, wait, what is that? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure either. I know what you're talking about, though. Um, hey, do you do you have your guitar handy? Uh, uh, yes, I do. Do you do you, do you want to? What do you, what have you got there? You've got electric, acoustic. What do you got? I mean, I've got both, but I've got uh, probably acoustic would be simpler now. Do you sing as well, Dan? Uh, I do. <laughs> no, not when you put me on the spot. Yeah. Okay. Do Do you want to just um? Like, let's say you pick up the guitar. Yeah. The acoustic. What's your go-to noodling song? What do you like to do? And, and would you mind playing it for us? Well, um, my... You're really putting me on the spot now. Um, I know. <laughs> if, you I don't want to, if you don't want to, it's fine. No, no, no. I'll, like, I try to um, um, basically try to just play chords and come up with like a little progression that... that seems interesting to me that seems like there might be something there and then just kind of work around that and hopefully eventually someday that becomes a song yeah i like it i like it uh so i'll uh, i don't know i'll just noodle around with some chords and uh yeah yeah let's do, just let's just do a, yeah a little bit of an experiment let's just say you pick up the guitar because i know i know what you're talking about you pick it up and you just muck around with some chords and you try and find something, you're looking for something. Dan Simo. All right, thanks, Mike. Dude, that was lovely. That off that was off the cuff, wasn't it? Just three chords. What you can do with three chords. Amazing what you can do with three chords and the truth. Thank you, Dan Simo. Hey, we mentioned Warney in that episode, and it's wild to think that 12 months on from this interview that Shane Warne would no longer be with us. We're going to miss you, Warney. And, um, you know, the other, the other part to this little time capsule is I've actually talked to Dan since he's been home on this very podcast. So if you want to hear what happened to Dan after this interview, it's already there for you right now. Daniel Simo's 14 stories in 14 days. Hear about his, his trip home just before he... He's literally at the airport in the interview. So, yeah, if you're interested, go check that out. There's a link in the description. Cheers.